0: Welcome to the latest here in I Talk podcast. I'm Tom and I'm joined by our usual host, Kieran, but we are without Jordan tonight um, as he has gone down with the flu. We hope not the COVID-19 coronavirus, but we, we, um, we're we without him today, unfortunately, but, um, but yes, we've st- the podcast still goes ahead. Um, so good evening, Kieran. Good evening, Tom, and get well soon, Jordan. Hope you make a <laughs> speedy recovery, mate. Indeed, Um, we hope to have him back next week, Um, hopefully after three points at uh, Spurs on Sunday. But yeah, we hope he will be back for next week. But another packed podcast in store, uh, a podcast that should be very, very positive. We've got a lot of great stuff to discuss around Manchester United, including that fantastic Derby Day win at Old Trafford on Sunday. Um, And then we'll also look ahead to the two big games uh, ahead for United this week. Uh, Firstly in the Europa League on Thursday night away in Austria um, to take on Lask in the first leg of that uh, Europa League tie, the last 16 Europa League tie. And then we will look ahead to Sunday's trip to North London to take on Jose Mourinho's Tottenham Hotspur in what is another massive game uh, in the race for a top four spot. So there really is only one place to begin, Kieran. Uh, That is, of course, the Manchester derby. What a day, what a performance, uh, what a result. Manchester United 2, Manchester City 0. Before we dive into the details of the game, um, firstly, sum up your thoughts on the performance, the result and what this potentially could do for United's season.
1: <laughs> well, it was a fantastic result, wasn't it? And a great performance and I think a much-deserved uh, victory, which just continues this fantastic run that we've been on ever since that winter break, really. Um, so yeah, very pleasing. The uh, fact that we've beaten City three times a season is crazy to be honest. Uh, not many teams achieve that in a season. Um, and in terms of how to shape our season, um, you know, like I said, this current run is brilliant at the moment. Um, was it uh, unbeaten in ten? I think eight of which have been clean sheets. So I think we're clearly on a a, a road to what a turning point that we so desired and wanted. Um, and I mentioned the winter break there. I think the City result and performance is just clear indication of how the team and how the coaching staff and how the players have come together in that winter break, identified what was going wrong in the, pre- the pre- first half of the season, identified key areas of change. Uh, obviously, there's been some personnel changes uh, in the midst of that with uh, Bruno Fernandez and Legala, who I think have made great impacts, both of them. Um, so it's, it's almost like grown almost like a new sort of little honeymoon period I've got it feels mm-hmm. a little bit like when Ollie uh, first uh, joined I and mean, he went on that yeah. traffic run um yep. uh, that was much desired at the time we were in a bad place in Dorino. he came in lifted that cloud overall uh, overall Old, Tra- over Old Trafford and got a terrific sort of December January uh in contrast January was a, a very up and down month um the downs were very down in January that city the home loss and the in the, uh, the leak up tight seems like an eternity away now and that even worse Burnley Performance, and that's when it's really all sort of changed since then. After the, uh, the terrific win against Tranmere, uh, we had the winter break after a bad performance against Wolves. But I think the city, like I said, the city performance and results are synonymous really of uh, how our season has turned. So uh, it's consistency is going to be the key now. Uh, we really need this to continue. I think um, before the start of the season, I think I'd have never thought we'd go on a run of 10 unbeaten, but uh, I we are 10 on and, and I don't really see that changing at the moment because uh, we really are playing some brilliant football at the moment and the result is uh, is an honest with that
0: yeah totally agree um before we deep dive into the derby, let's rewind a little bit as we didn't manage to, to record a podcast last week. So, since our last podcast, we we smashed Club Bruges 5-0 in the second leg of the Europa League last 32. Um, we had that 1-1 draw with Everton last week at Goodison Park and then the 3-0 win over Derby in the FA Cup fifth round, which takes us into the quarterfinals. And then, of course, the, the win against, uh, against Manchester City on Sunday. So, as you mentioned, United now unbeaten in 10. Uh, eight clean sheets in those ten as well, which I think is a good statistic. We've scored 24 goals. We've only conceded twice. And I think a key thing to mention is those two goals were both goalkeeper mistakes. The first one was Romero against Bruges in the first leg, where, where he was in no man's land. The second one was, of <laughs> course, David De Gears against Everton, which is was a very, very bad error. But... I think it's safe to say, like you say, it, it, it seems like we are in a bit of a, another honeymoon period. We have turned the corner um, and that we are, I guess, really now starting to see the team progress. Um, we're progressing at the right time, the business end of the season. But of course, as we've, we've mentioned so, so many times, the key thing is now for us is to be consistent, to kick on and secure that top four spot and hopefully a trophy to go with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head there
1: with consistency being the key. If we relate back to December where we had uh, we had a couple of good results in December? We beat City away and we beat uh, a very new mourinho Spurs side at home which uh, I think was on the back of a, a bad drawer to Villa uh, previously. Uh, and then in contrast to those two great performances, we drew with Everton, which we didn't expect. And then we were absolutely battered by Watford. So uh, I think there's, there's an example there where you can relate to two great results which were overshadowed by inconsistency poor performance against Ever- and poor performance against Watford. Uh we mentioned January earlier about uh how the results are very up and down in January. So consistency is going to be absolutely key. And we need to k- sort of cut out these shitty results that we've had previously in the season and by winning 8 out of 10 and as you said there are two clean sheets which were goalkeeping errors which is a great statistic really. I didn't actually think uh, re- think of that to be honest. Uh that's the kind of form that we need to a- continue that's kind of all we need to progress now should it end on thursday or sunday and it becomes sort of you know it's still a, it still was a great run but um we, we've got this great run and we're still fifth uh you know so we're, we're not in the top four yet and uh we are in two competitions still but uh, there's still a long way to go and then we're only at the quarterfinals of the fa cup and there's still a lot of rounds to go in the europa league so even though it is a terrific run and it is like a little honeymoon period for us Nothing's been done yet. Uh, you yep. know, it's not like we're sort of in the semi-finals of the cup and we're sort of fourth uh, place in the league, miles away from fifth. There's still a lot of work to be done and there's still progress to be made. But we're on the right path now to uh, achieving what you said there, getting to the top four, potentially getting to a trophy, or doing well in in both cups. Uh, hopefully, so uh, yeah, we're definitely on the right road. But um, st- just rest sure, it's it's only early
0: March. There's still a lot of the season to go. Yeah, totally agree. Um, right then, the derby. Uh, from Sunday we, we've got to talk about it Manchester was made red again for the third time out of four this season you mentioned it we've beaten City three times Oli has beaten Pep three times um, in one of the season, which has only been done by I think one or two of the managers I think Klopp and uh, Nuno Espirito Santo I think is the statistic for that There's only uh, the managers to beat Pep uh, no, maybe maybe I think that's to do the double Um, I think only two managers have beaten Pep three times in one season so a great statistic Um, but yeah the win does take us within three points of the top four as Chelsea obviously beat Everton so that that gap remained the same but we've spoken about how impressed we were with the victory Um, but what impressed you the most about the performance and what gives you the confidence that United can really kick on be consistent um, and get that top four spot and that trophy that, that we desire
1: I think, for me, it was the the tenacity of our play and just general sort of how we were on the front foot from uh, minute one. Even though it was a derby and you're always up for winning a derby, it it, it just seemed like we weren't playing Manchester City for long periods of it. Uh, It was, I think, a game that we uh, bossed, really, particularly in the first half. Um, There were periods, I think, in the first half and some in the second where we didn't make... Great decisions in the final third, which looking back is not actually a bad thing because it shows there's still improvement there. We won two 0 against one of the best teams, uh, not just in sure the league but in Europe, uh, and they didn't really have a chance. Really, they had a couple of chances at the end where they were sort of shooting from long range and whatever. But um, uh, you talk about tenacity and just just clever football. The, the I think the first goal was synonymous with that, with the uh, the free kick, the quick thinking of Bruno. Uh, we talk we talked about Martial uh, in recent shows about how he's a confidence player and when he plays well, the t- when the team plays well, he plays well. Um, a little bit of uh, assistance from Edison, no doubt, but uh, the fact he got the shot away, he hit it first time in the volley, that's the, that's the Martial we know and love and he scored a similar goal against Newcastle on Boxing Day whereby it was um, sort of a shot out of nothing, which again, had, uh, the keeper assisted in that way, but yeah. good strikers get a lot of goals in that manner. If their uh, confidence is high and they uh, you know just try and shoot on sight at every opportunity uh, and like I said, there were... Times where I think we could have squared the ball. Marshall had a couple where he could have squared it. Daniel James decision making I thought was uh, wasn't great. Although <clears throat> it was great to see Daniel James so far up in the final third because I think that's where he is dangerous uh, rather than sort of in the sort of right of midfield. But um, yeah, I think just generally I could I go on all night about how how what what was great about it. But just generally the fact that it looked like a Manchester United beating a Manchester City team of old where we dominated them. Uh, we Manchester used to be red you know, all the time in sort of the noughties and nineties. Uh, but in the last sort of ten years, when City have become a a, a good side, it's always been uh, an, an even affair. If not, City have usually got the better of us. But uh, there was none of that uh, on Sunday. It was a fantastic right from the off, and obviously right to the end as well. With that, um, with McTominay, Manchester-born and bred, getting a uh, getting the winner, was something really, really fitting about that, I think as well. Uh, so yeah, it was it was just fantastic, and it's not we haven't had much to to about the season, but mm-hmm. it just seems to be City, who have made a smile this season, the uh, City away uh, match in, the, in December and then now on the home side, so obviously they did get the better of us in the cup, but uh, that still entailed a loss, uh, another win, uh, City, you know, um, two two wins at the year of yeah, the season, not many teams do that, so uh, yeah, really, really pleased and uh, yeah, still buzzing.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is probably one of the best I've felt coming out of Old Trafford for a long, long time. The Shefford End at the end was absolutely bouncing. Uh, it was awesome. Um, yeah, and we we were still there for ten minutes, fifteen minutes after full time, couldn't get enough of it. But um, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah, the Shefford End was still bouncing with ten or fifteen minutes after full time. It was it was awesome. Um, with our new song as well, which is which is which is class. Um, but yeah, I think one of the great things for me about the performance was that every single player on the pitch played well. I mean, I can't think of a player that was a, was a five or a six out of ten. Everybody was a seven, eight, nine, ten out of ten. Um, it was a real team effort, a team performance, which was fantastic to see. Um, Oli, after the game, sort of made the point that hopefully the fans can now see the type of team and the type of player that I'm trying to bring to United. Hard work and, you know, 100%, heart on the sleeve, but also with that bit of quality and that bit of X-factor like Bruno Fernandes has brought in. And I think we've got to mention him because the difference he has made to the team since arriving at the club has been amazing. Um, Obviously, he's been a big part of this unbeaten run. We spoke about him a few weeks ago um, on the podcast following his debut against Wolves. Um, But as the games have gone on, He just seems to be getting better and better. Um, And he's absolutely fantastic, isn't he? I mean, it's still early days, but £50 looks an absolute steal for this guy, doesn't it? At the moment,
1: yeah, the signs are looking uh, very promising. uh, And uh, it looks like a bargain so far. Uh, It's a sign that we all crave, that we were all desperate for for, for it to sort of land. And it did very late in January. And he's just been fantastic ever since uh he's, he's scored goals he's assisted he's created he's been a big influence in that midfield he's he's just driven being that little bit of extra quality that we've sort of missed this season perhaps with Pogba being absent but uh yeah the the lift that he has uh as you mentioned there the he's uh, a big factor in in the unbeaten run he's probably played in just about every game in that uh unbeaten run uh well since he signed uh, in particular and uh yeah, it's it's a he's he's brought that feel good feeling around Old Trafford and the team because of his presence and his aura. Um, and you know, it's, it's not like a, a Zlatan signing whereby you know he's been around you know for years and he's come with this sort of aura about him. He's um, he's still quite a young lad. He's done a lot in his short career, but uh, he's continuing the great work he did at Sporting Lisbon um, where, by being that sort of dominant influence in the field. Uh, so hopefully. It will be the start of a what could be one of our best signings in the Premier League, hopefully, in terms of value for money. Um, the only thing I, reservations that I have is, um, we haven't had great signings in the last five years, let's be honest, who have gone on to last. Um, uh, in, in a way, his deal reminds me a little bit of the Di Maria deal, whereby it was a, a great signing with a great aura, a great presence around him, and also someone who had a lot of years left in his career, who also had a great start. Uh, but then that didn't sort of end very well. But, um, you know, um, Di Maria Maria's Di Maria, Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes are different players. And hopefully, hopefully Bruno is here for the long run and uh, he, they'll build the sort of midfield around him. Uh, there's good young players that are coming through that can learn a lot from him as well. Uh, and I think you're right. He is an absolute key element as to why we are in a great run right now. Uh, so I think as long as this, uh, his, he continues his great start and he continues to be a great factor in the team, hopefully this run will continue. But, uh, yeah, what a signing! Probably our best bit of January
0: business we've ever done. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just seems to make things happen, doesn't he? He's lifted the whole mood of the club, the team, and the fans. We've already got a song for him, which is which is being sung by this Sheffield end every game and, and the away fans as well. Um, and I guess it just shows to, to shows what a quality signing can do. You think of, unfortunately for us, Virgil Van Dijk at Liverpool. He went in, and what a difference he made. Just one player, uh, Bruno's come in. What a difference he's made. Just one player. So I think it's a great lesson for the club as well that one player can make that difference, can make such an impact. And you can see that he's a leader. Um, He was obviously the captain at Sporting Lisbon and you can see his leadership traits on the pitch. Um, Yeah, and he's been awesome. So I can't wait to see what what else he brings for the rest of the season um, and for United in the future as well. Um, Okay, let's talk a bit about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer then. And for the right reasons, because... Let's be honest, I think he deserves <laughs> he deserves a ton of credit um you guys know i i have stuck by him throughout the bad times this season of course, there's been doubts in everybody's head but i've been I've always stuck with him i i, I haven't questioned that he that he has to go i mean the fan base has been split, but I think the majority of supporters inside old Trafford that go regularly have stuck with him um obviously there's there's a lot of fans out there on twitter that that have wanted him out but Let's be honest, he deserves credit. Um, I believe he needs time to rebuild the squad. I've echoed them thoughts throughout the season. But it looks like we are starting to turn the corner at the moment. And although there's still a lot of work to be done, as you quite rightly mentioned at the start, Kieran, to finish the season strongly, to get into top four, to potentially win a trophy, there is a long way to go. But he does deserve some credit, doesn't he, for, for this run.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and I think what he's done really well, uh, and what
1: he's done sort of differently to to what the way he behaved sort of in the, prior to the winter break, is he's he's got away and he's 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 sort of acknowledged that uh, the club are not where he wanted them to be when he took over. The 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 board acknowledged that we're we're not where we should be and and in in line with what the fans' expectations are and a club that the uh, the manager of Manchester, of Manchester United should be. So. You can clear, clearly see that they've got away the winter break. They've looked at how they can change things. They've worked on different strategies, different passages of play, and there is clear improvement all the way through the team. And he, there's no doubt he would have spearheaded that. Um, he, 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 being a United legend and someone who knows the what it takes to, for a, to be a well for, for a United team to succeed, um, he he's now almost like he's gone away and thought, well. It's not working. What I'm doing needs change. And I've got to identify this and I've got to bring something. So it's almost like he's fought to to basically keep his job, really. Because it was only sort of going potentially one way uh, for a jan- from jan- in January. And, um, you know, he's sort of... He's had that leeway of being a club legend, which has allowed him more time. Had it been anyone else, they probably would have gone by now. There's no doubt about that. But he's now slowly, I think, earning the respect of the fans back now. Um, you certainly don't hear these... These fools on Twitter uh calling his name when we're on a great run like this, and rightly so, but uh the, the minute we lose again, uh, to an obscure team, there'll be mm-hmm. probably the only Alclan will be out again. But um fans are always gonna be fickle. Um I think fans are always quick to forget the good times during his reign as well. Uh that truth run he had when he first joined. Uh on a on a similar run now. Not as good, it, it, well, you know, but you know, he's got potential to to match that potentially. So I think what would be good for Oli now is if he can finish the season strong, whether that be getting in the top four or getting a trophy. Uh, you know, We know that potentially fifth might get Champions League depending on the outcome of City's appeal. So fifth and a trophy would be fantastic. Obviously, Europa League would leave it that um, issue by, by getting, us getting to the Champions League. But if you think back to last season where the season was finished very poorly for United, I think our start of this season was synonymous with that as well. If you start a season badly... Uh, even though they, we did do some great business in the transfer market with wan Basaka and Mag- Maguire uh, it just rubbed off a little bit at the start of the season so if we can sort of end the season strong uh, and just sort of continue that momentum throughout the summer break and then to the start of the season I think it'll only uh, bode better for the start of next season as well so it's really within Ollie's interest now to continue this try and be as consistent as possible I'm not saying going out and win every game or not lose between now and the end of the season because we know that's probably uh, implausible and not not achievable but uh, let, let's, let's try and get top four let's try and win a trophy let's do one or the other and uh, you know if he can do that then I think um, the board were right to uh, keep faith in him the fans like yourself Tom, were right to back him to the hills because He's turning a corner, so let's just see if he continue turning uh, the corners as much as possible. Because I think he can do it. Uh, but like I said, long way to go in the season. There is time for it to go tits up, but there is also time for it to become,
0: uh, uh, you know, uh, a great season in the end. Yeah. All of a sudden, the season's just opened right up, and it seems like you know we can really get something out of this season. Over the past few weeks, it's gone from being we wanted to end <laughs> with Liverpool about to win it. Now the season, all of a sudden, a window of opportunity has been opened for us. Um, top four and the potential of two trophies. I mean, it just shows you how quick things can change. Um, he's been criticised, it's fair to say, for his lack of tactical astuten- astuteness at times, even even from from you and Jordan this season. I know Jordan's mentioned many times that he thinks the job potentially is too big for him. But let's look at the facts. He's beaten Pep three times in a season. He's beat Chelsea three times a season. We've beaten Spurs. Uh, we probably should have beaten Liverpool at Old Trafford as well. Yes, we're Man United and we should be expecting to beat these teams on a regular occurrence. But, you know, we let's be honest, we haven't been doing that on a consistent basis. We have this season. It looks like we're on the right track in the, in the bigger games. We now need to start picking up points against the so-called lesser teams in, in this latter part of the season. Because after Spurs on Sunday... The, all of the top six, um, all of the big six, sorry, w- have been played home and away. The only one left, really, is Leicester away on the last day, which it could be tied up by then. It may not be. But our running between Spurs and Leicester on the final day, there's a lot of teams um, in the bottom half and mid-table, uh, which which we, we should be picking up points against. Um, but you look at the tactics against City on Sunday... Um, he got it spot on. I mean, let's be honest, he went for three, uh, well, the three, five at the back, whatever you want to call it. He learned from the the Carabao Cup first leg where we conceded early, we tried to come out and have a go at City and they ripped us apart. Uh, We were 3-0 down after half an hour and the tie was effectively over at that point. But he learned from that error. The team have learned from that error and he got it absolutely spot on. I think if you go out and attack against City they'll rip you apart. It's been proven that they, they, they've done that to us. They've done it to, to loads of teams over the past couple of seasons. Um, yes, we sat deep. It may not be the way we want to see our team play long-term, but against Manchester City, Ollie said it himself, they're a passing team. They keep the ball. It was highly unlikely that we were ever going to have more possession and, and pass City off the park. But what we did do is we stopped them we hit them where it hurt we played them on the counter attack we used pace with james um and then obviously we took our chances when we got them so i think he got it absolutely spot on um and do you think that with you know with plans and strategies like the one that he put together against city that he potentially is starting to prove some of uh, some of those doubters wrong yeah i think essentially yes uh, i mean uh i race
1: rate, you, know, you hit the nail on the head there, he, he's learned a lot from the mistakes he had previously in the season, uh, not just with tactics and sort of pastures of play, but also from a personal perspective as well. Um, we haven't seen Andreas Pereira start a league game now for a while, which is something we've been calling for for a long time. I know Bruno Fernandez signing may have been key to that, but uh, yeah, and people, players like Andreas Pereira were frustrating us as fans who really were contributing nothing to the team. Um uh, and yeah you know like you said learning from the the issue of oh, the the mistake in the Kara Cup tie where we were played off the park uh he went away reassessed learned and we uh you know we played we had a much different approach to this city game i mean you say we sat deep we, we did let we did let them have the ball and i'm not denying that but i think i thought we were very good on the you know, counter attack but also sort of in the midfield battles as well i thought particularly in the first half it looked like we were sort of uh, had a good attacking presence about us but um uh, by, by setting up with that sort of 3-5 at the back, I think that certainly did help in the sense that we had that extra bit of cover at the yeah. back. Um, so, yeah, definitely, uh, again, um, a passage of play and a a sort of uh, a formation that he rarely used before then. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's learning and they're trying different things. So they've gone away the winter break and assessed and they're now putting into practice, which is great to see, and the results are, are rubbing off from that. So, uh, yeah, I think he does deserve great credit for that in the sense that he's, He's gone away and try to change things and try to improve for the team which he he, he has done very evidently. The, this run is fantastic and uh, long may it continue. And uh, yeah, Ollie
0: there's a lot of credit for that because he would have spearheaded that and uh, yeah, credit needs to go to him for that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mentioned, yeah, the way the last 10 games have gone with the favourable run-in that I've just mentioned after the Spurs game. Two fairly favourable cup draws, you would say, with Lask and, and Norwich. Um, all of a sudden as I mentioned the season has opened right up in potentially what could be a very good season top four and two cups still possible if you were to predict uh, predict what what do you think united could achieve this season from this point onwards and as a fan what would you be pleased with would, would it be would it be top four would you be just satisfied with that or do you think that we need need a, a cup as well to to really satisfy um the supporters this season I think teams like United, uh, clubs like United, <clears throat> their their legacy and their status
1: is 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 built on silverware. So I think United United have to go out and win trophies. If you win the Europa League, uh it's a trophy that gets you into the Champions League. It sort of ticks two boxes then because we we do want to be in the Champions League. I'm not saying for a minute I'd I I'd, I wouldn't take winning the FA Cup now and not qualifying for the Champions League. Um I'd rather we do qualify for the Champions League, but I do want to see us win silverware as well. Uh I think as you mentioned there, Tom, um and you know, you're absolutely right, in the sense that it's uh, we've got a good run now in the league with uh get the Spurs game out of the way. There's not too many tough fixtures or such or sort of uh tough away fixtures that we have left. Sheffield United at home is going to be a very key fixture as well. Uh you wouldn't thought that would play factor into one of your biggest games towards the end of the season, but the fact that it will be because Leicester away, hopefully it will be wrapped up there in some capacity. But um in terms of what we can achieve, I don't see why we can't go on and win a trophy. We've looked, I think we've looked brilliant in every cup um, match we played this season, apart from the city at home, which turned out to be pivotal because it was essentially one that knocked us out. We played the away leg and won, but the damage was already done, unfortunately done at that point. Europa League, besides taking the boys on a school trip to Astana, really not look like putting a foot wrong there. <laughs> uh, and the, the the reaction to the, the one or draw away at Bruges was just fantastic. It wasn't a bad result, it was a result that we would have taken beforehand. But to go to Trafford and win the manner that we did, uh, you know, Bruges didn't have a chance, really. And uh, I know we'll get on to the last game very shortly, but uh, I, I, I'd like to think that we can uh, take the same approach to 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 Austria as well. Uh, FA Cup, uh, I think quarter-final against Norwich, you really, at the start of the tournament, if you're given that scenario, you'd buy your hand off. And if you get to the semi-final, then there's no favourite in the final, I don't think, particularly with the FA Cup. Everyone plays at neutral ground. It's at Wembley. Everyone has a day out. Hopefully you want two days out with the semi-final and the final. Yes, there's some great teams potentially going to be left in it. Um, I fully expect City to go through. Whether it be Sheffield United or Arsenal, that's going to be a tough semi-final opponent regardless. Uh, And then it's um, Leicester, the the other one, isn't it? Um, Potentially. Uh, So, tough semi-finals and finals. Respect you know, whoever you're going to come up against, but uh, Leicester Chelsea, isn't it? The other one, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. It could be some four great teams in the semi final, but uh, I fully expect us to get there. Uh, Norwich away, um, that was one of the best away forms as we had this season. That was at a time where we were we couldn't win away from home. So, uh, while we're on this run now, hopefully we'll go to Norwich and do the business. Um, and if you're in an Cup semi final, really the destiny's in your hands then. So, um we can win a trophy, we could win two trophies, we could get top four and win two trophies, or we could win nothing and not get in the top four. Um, like I said, consistency is going to be the absolute key now to shaping our season and to seeing what success we get at the end of it. But we've got ourselves in a really great position now to achieve one, two, three, or four, any of those scenarios. So uh, at the moment, I'm confident, I'm quite excited because the mood in the camp is great. Like you said there, the running is very kind to us in the cup and the league. So, uh, but And saying that, it may be a bit futile with this great run that we're on, this great running that we have in terms of opponents, if there is nothing to show at the end of it. So, uh, you know, there's no point having these great runs. I don't think if you can utilise it. So, um, yeah, it'll be really,
0: really interesting between now and and come uh, Mace. Let's see what happens. Definitely. We've got a lot to play for. It's it's going to be an exciting um, few weeks and couple of months. That's if the coronavirus doesn't, uh, doesn't take its toll too much on the Premier League. Let's hope not, anyway. OK, before we move on to this week then, just as a last point, um, it's been touted this week that United are potentially three quality signings away from being a genuine title contender next season. Um, is that something you agree with? I mean, if United were to finish in the top four this season and we brought in the right players in the summer, like the likes of Jordan Sancho, Jack Grealish, etc., do you think that, that we could challenge next season?
1: <laughs> uh, you said they're three signings. The two that I was thinking of, of them three. You've just hit the nail on the head. So if we if we, we sign them two, then I can't see why we wouldn't be competing for the title because um, we've sort of you know we went the tactics for or the approach this summer was to try and tighten things up at the back. We spent we invested a lot on the back. I think now we're reaping the rewards of that because the yep. two of the key reasons why we're playing so well and keeping so many clean sheets at the back is because of Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Harry Maguire. Proof of yep. the pudding that if you invested in young English talent. Um, or, you know, a great English talent, then, uh, you know, it doesn't the rewards. Maybe not straight away, but uh, it will over time. And uh, Grealish, um, the, best, the best scenario that United can have is if Villa to get relegated, where you know he's not going to stay there and it could be a sort of a cheaper way in. Jadon Sancho will be playing in England next season. And I fully expect him to be in Manchester United shirts, hopefully. So, uh, um, obviously... The quality that you improve on your team is also dictated by what other teams bring in. Um, we can't hide Shawi from the fact that this Liverpool side, despite uh, losing a few games recently in the FA Cup and, and to Watford in the league, they're still on a terrific run. They're still they're still fantastic, and they're still going to walk this league with potentially hundred uh, over a hundred points, or very very likely to be over a hundred points. Um, city's going to be a funny one because with their ban if the ban is upheld uh, you don't know what approach they'll have this season so so you take city away from the fold potentially um, and you, you know you, you build on what foundation we have at united with three other quality signings yes i think we are not too far away from being title contenders but it also depends on other teams and how they uh, what, what activity they have in the transfer market but um the Owens are good for United uh, if we sort of get these two three quality players that we we
0: desire in for next season Definitely I think with top four it could be an exciting summer I really do think that if we do get the Champions League this season and we do potentially win a trophy we've then got to really capitalise on it um, and go big this summer but Yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting. The likes of Jadon Sancho, Jack Grealish, even Harry Kane's been linked with us this week. Um, That would be unbelievable, but let's not get too carried away just yet. Okay, then, um, moving on to what's ahead for United this week. So, they've travelled. So, we are recording this on the Wednesday. So, the lads have travelled to Austria today for for the the Europa League last 16. First leg, um, which will take place... um, in Austria, against LASK, another very important game for United, Um, but also a game, I think, where we must keep Sunday in mind with that big game against Spurs um, on Sunday. So, again, a, a game where Oli must get the balance right in making changes to keep players fresh for Sunday, but also making sure that the team is strong enough uh, to get an away goal, to come away with a positive result, to keep the momentum going, um, and and, over, and and to bring a, a good result back to Old Trafford next week.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, I'm, from what the traveling squad that we've taken, uh, I believe we do have enough quality to a rotate the squad with that. I say that Keith fixture uh, against Spurs in mind, but uh, hopefully we'll come away with uh, at least an away goal. Uh, hopefully a victory. Um, I think. If, as long as you keep the spine of what's been the players who've been key to this run, uh, this run that we're in, the likes of Maguire and Bruno Fernandes. As long as long as you keep them sort of the, the them types of players in, but then you can rotate maybe at the top with the likes of sort of um, playing maybe one of Greenwood and Agala with Martial. Um, you know, rotating the midfield slightly. But um, I just feel sometimes with United away in the league, uh, in Europe, you're almost better off coming away losing if you have an away goal, you know, if you lose 2-1 or 3-2, you go to that ho- the, 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 the home leg, leaving that goal, we, the way we play, the way we set up, it just sort of oozes confidence and charisma in the fact that we have to play with an attacking mentality. If you look back to some of the great um, European nights we've had where we've been run down, I uh, know it was a long time ago now, but, you know, that 7-1 victory against Roma in 2007, that was on the back of losing 2-1 at the Stadio Olimpico uh, a little bit more recently uh, under David Moyes we lost to Olympiacos I think it was uh, 2-0 uh, Van Persie Hattrick made it 3-2 because they were games where we had to go back to the home leg to, to win to progress uh, and one of the worst shows that we had to ever record was uh, two seasons ago uh, Seville uh, dare yeah. I mention it uh, didn't, didn't get the uh, didn't do the business away and uh, played very cautiously and uh, you know we're absolutely done for as a result so I, I just hope that we go there on Thursday and get some away goals. Uh, obviously, I want us to win. Uh, away draw would be fantastic. Away win, I very much doubt we would. We would go. We would not go through after that. But um, you know, if, if you if you come away with a loss, as long as you've got some away goals there, there's always a big chance, especially with this team. So hopefully, we'll have that um, attacking mentality in mind. That away goal is going to be key to this to this fixture.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, we did find out yesterday that there is going to be something pretty unique about this one as it's happening all over Europe as well. But due to the coronavirus concerns, the match will be played behind closed doors, meaning there are no supporters. Um, No supporters will be attending the game. Um, So it's going to be a pretty unique experience, isn't it? I mean, I've never, I think England may have played a behind closed doors game in my lifetime, which I've seen on TV, but... I've definitely not watched United in a behind-closed-doors game. It's going to be pretty unique. And I guess in some ways, whichever way you look at it, it could potentially work in our favour.
1: Yeah, I think it would. Yeah,
0: um, England v
1: Croatia in the Nations League was behind closed doors. I yeah, remember like, watching that. that early. Really, yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, the that, most yeah. the most flat game ever. The the the, the, was the nil the, nil the, the game. Sort of reflected the atmosphere. It was nil nil. Yeah, 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 was just, yeah, I remember. I think the the way the game transpired was synonymous of the atmosphere in the stadium because there wasn't any. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that that might affect us. But you know, who knows? We don't know what it will be like. But um, I think as you mentioned earlier, Tom, with the the favourable draws we've had, all the teams that we could have potentially faced in this stage of the Europa League, and we've come away with this this team from Austria who we we, we don't know much about. Let's be honest, um, it's a very lucky draw in that sense. Um, the games being played played behind play closed doors, whereby they're not going to have the home f- fans behind them. I know United away is great support in in voice, but. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes a lot of these European teams do rely on a great home sport to get the the atmosphere buzz and the crowd buzz, uh, and to get the team sort of going, uh, to get the crowd on their back. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it will, in that sense, uh, work out in our favour. But, uh, you know, considering the draw, um, I don't think we've got a better chance of getting to the uh, Europa League quarter final, to be honest. So this is a, a an opportunity we really, really
0: don't want to fluff. Definitely, it's go- it's definitely going to be unique this behind closed doors thing. I mean, tonight. Bruce, uh Paris Saint Germain versus Borussia Dortmund. What a game! On paper, this is going to be. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But then, with no fans, it's just going to be so weird. It's just going to be very unique. And I hope it. I hope it doesn't. You know, affect the Premier League too much. I don't want any Premier League games to be behind closed doors. I think. You know, if if, if there's a game at Old Trafford and I can't go because it's behind closed doors, it's going to be yeah, uh, very disappointing. So let's hope it it doesn't uh, affect us in any way. But it's it's looking more and more likely. But in terms of the Europa League itself, then where do you see this at the moment in our list of priorities? Of course, we're in we're in the battle of the top four. We're in the last sixteen of the Europa League. We're in the quarter final of the FA Cup. Do you see the Europa League as the number one priority right now? Um, that could get us into the Champions League that that we want, but it could also get us that trophy as well. Or do you still see the top four as the number one priority at the moment?
1: It's a difficult one, really, because. What does top four get you? It gets you Champions League qualification. It doesn't get you a trophy. Europa yeah. League does. It gives you both. But obviously, it's a risky strategy to prioritise one cup without sort of uh, you know, and then and then take your out of the league. Three seasons ago, Mourinho was in the comforting position in the sense that he would be was sixth, seventh all season and wasn't well. I'd say near the top four, but he wasn't close to the top four. At the you know, when uh, we got to the the uh, business end of the season in April and May, so he had the luxury of saying, well, we have to prioritise the Europa League, and he was playing sides in the league with a lesser, playing strong sides in the Europa League than he was in the Premier League, but um, who else? We're still in the thick of it. We need to keep our eye on both of them. They're both high priority. Um, If you ask me now which one I'd rather take, it would be the Europa League because, like I said, there's the trophy element attached to it and the fact that there is Champions League qualification as well, Uh, but, um, you know, just keep your eye on both because, if we finish in the top four, or if it deems that fifth is going to be Champions League, then great. Going into a potential Europa League final, we know the Champions League qualification is already sorted, whereby um, it would soften the blow of a potential loss in the final. Whereas if you got to the Europa League whilst taking your eye off the ball in the Premier League and then lose because you put all your eggs in one basket, I think that wouldn't be a great strategy. Uh, so they're both high priority, as is the FA Cup as well, because it's still where it's a great trophy. The FA Cup is still. Uh, in my eyes, got uh, the prestige that it's, it's always had. Uh, although, so, you know, some fans and some f- uh, people in football might disagree with that, but uh, I still like it when United win the FA Cup. Uh, it doesn't happen very often these days, but uh, I did enjoy it in 2016 when it did, particularly mm-hmm. as it was a it was a Manchester Mayor, born and bred player who, who got the winning goal. So, uh, yeah, definitely high priority in the Europa League, but so are
0: all the other competitions we're in right now. But uh, yeah, you know, def- definitely, definitely up for this one. Yeah, I think at the moment, like you say, we're in a position where, in my opinion, and it seems to be Ollie's opinion as well, we just take it game by game, and um, we try to pick up as many points as we can. Don't really think about anybody else. Um, and maybe in three or four weeks' time, we could then reassess our position and, and see where we're at. Obviously, when we won it, the the Europa League in 2017, as the season went on into March and April it looked more and more unlikely that we were going to get a top four spot. So then the Europa League became our priority and, uh, of course, we went on to win it. So I think let's take it game by game and hopefully we're in the picture for all for all three come April, May time. But I think at the moment, Oli is trying to juggle all three, which is great and exactly the position we want to be in at a club like United. But with Sunday in mind, um, with this being the first leg as well, so not the, the deciding leg, um, with Sunday in mind and rotating the squad, I think there'll be another four or five changes here, won't there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I read earlier that both Wambasaka and Dallo haven't travelled.
1: if that's correct. Um, so oh, I don't really? know who's going to be in that right back position. I not um, that yet. I might, I, I might, I might be wrong. To be honest, I think I've definitely heard it earlier. Really, but I, I mean, it suggests that probably one of them's injured. Uh, but I mean, wamba the performance he put in against City, we need him fresh for the the, the, the key games. Uh, so definitely, uh, it's that. Uh, I guess it's plausible that he has not travelled. But uh, yeah, I do fully expect to see some changes because um, one drawback to being in so many cup competitions is that you have so many games and we need to rotate and utilise the squad wisely because every player is going to be key to, to us achieving any potential success or getting into the top four. So uh, we need to protect our players as, as and when we can. So I do fully expect to see some changes for this. But uh, henceforth, I do uh, feel like we should go with the attacker mentality.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, to check, yeah, uh, Wamba isn't in the in the travelling squad, or neither is Martial. So hopefully that's just a precaution, obviously with Martial's injury problems recently, and uh, maybe Wamba because he, he he was he had a, a sort of a fight to face, um, City, didn't he? And he was outstanding, to be honest. But hopefully they're just precautions. Um, I think Ollie's uh, actually. Having his press conference right now as we record, so hopefully we'll get some clarification on that um, later tonight. But yeah, without Martial and Wembasa, it looks like. Um, so with that in mind, then uh, good thing that we that we figured that out before this bit. But uh, if you if you want to give your, your your starting eleven for for the last game, uh, Sergio Romero in goal. I definitely still keep Harry Maguire in
1: the squad where as when well we can. Um, Hopefully we can get a victory and potentially rest in for the home leg. Uh, so we'll go Maguire with Baye, um, Shaw left back. Um, hopefully that da- Diogo Dalla has gone, uh, and if he has, he'll start right back. But I don't know where I've read. Doesn't, it yeah, doesn't
0: look doesn't look like, like Dallo's in the squad on MEN So I don't, anyway. I
1: don't know who's going to play right back then. If that's the case. Uh,
0: that's a bit of a curveball.
1: Um, no idea, really. Swan
0: um, possibly. I'm just looking at the well, squad here. I'd
1: love it if it's, if it's an open for someone like Schwan to come back in. He has played right back before. That'd be brilliant, actually. So, let's say Schwan right back if he's in the squad uh, and Dalo isn't. So, yeah, Schwan right back, which I'll be very excited to see. Um, midfield, um I think you can play Fred because, he, again, he was terrific against City but he's been terrific all season he just runs. He's
0: a player who doesn't really need <laughs> he rest. He can play every game, Fred, yeah. He can, yeah. So, um, uh, they on McTominay, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think, well,
1: McTominay, he came on and scored that goal, didn't he? I don't know whether he's back to full fitness yet. If that's the case, give him some game time for, uh, for this one, I'd say, yeah. McTominay, Fred, Bruno Fernandes in the number 10. Um, now, if Marshall isn't there, then
0: a is up front. I got
1: a goal up front with probably Greenwood and James. Uh, James on the left, Greenwood on the right. Uh, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking if there's enough quality there for someone to come on and get a goal if we are losing. Uh, there's only really one. You could maybe start Matter on the right instead of Greenwood. Have Greenwood come on if we need a goal or need to shake things up. But um, yeah, not, not not something
0: similar to that. I would say. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at the squad here, and I can't disagree with anything you've said, really. Um, maybe Pereira might come in to rest Fred, but at this stage of the season, I wouldn't want to risk it. Pereira, we've criticised him so many times, I don't want to see him near that starting eleven. But that is the only possible change I could think of at, at this moment. Right back is is going to be a tough one, actually. Um, yeah, that's not good news, but hopefully it's just a precaution. Um, on Wamba and Martial because we're going to need them on Sunday. Without doubt. OK, uh, prediction then for last, uh, Kieran? Uh, 2-1 United. I'm going to go 2-0 United, actually. Yeah. I'm pretty confident with this one, and I think another clean sheet. Um, yeah, let's go 2-0 United. OK, um, final segment of the podcast then, Spurs away on Sunday um, so yeah, United do travel to North London on Sunday to take on Spurs at their new state of the art stadium, which I'm glad to see I've got a ticket uh, for Spurs away on Sunday, I- I'm going to that one and I absolutely can't wait um, we're making a bit of a weekend of it um, we're travelling down on the Saturday morning, we're having a night in London on Saturday night and then we're attending the game on Sunday So and then I'm getting the train back Back home on Sunday night, so and then back into work on Monday. But it should be a fantastic weekend. Uh, I can't wait for it. That's if the coronavirus doesn't doesn't stop this one from happening. But it's looking likely you know, that it's going to happen. Um, hopefully, anyway. Really excited. But in terms of the game, Kieran, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts ahead of this one?
1: Big game. Um, Spurs on a bit of a sliding slope at the moment. Um, Humiliated last night uh, against Leipzig and uh, had a few bad results in the uh, in the league. They've sort of they're still in the thick of that top four running, but uh, a few bad results recently I've seen them sort of slip away. Um, I I I just look at what's going on with Spurs now. I just get a bit of deja vu with Mourinho's time at United, particularly in the, the last few stages. He's a, he's got a lot of injuries uh, which he had at United, but he's also just criticising everybody but himself criticising the players uh, criticising the fact that the the squad's not got enough depth to cope with these injuries so um, we're definitely playing them at a good time there's no question henceforth given Mourinho's record uh, and the fact of how, how it ended at United I think this is what fixture that he'll be up for we beat him at Old Trafford earlier uh, in the season so he'll, he'll want to sort of avenge that one I think and avenge probably the the board for uh, the the relationship that he had whilst uh, he was at United but um it's a game I'm really looking forward to. Um, it's a new stadium, like I said, which would be a new experience for United. Uh, so yeah, again, I'm certainly excited for. But given the given the rumour on and the, uh, and the and the feeling in the camp uh, from the contrast of both teams,
0: it's one that I'm quite confident for as well. I'd say. Uh, yeah, just a, just a point from from Molly's press conference. Um, Martial not ready for Thursday's game. But hopefully Sundays says Oli gonna so that's that's positive news. Pogba also available from next week, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens with Pogba. That's going to be a feature on next week's podcast. Uh, there's one of our topics definitely. Um, but yeah, good news about Martial seems like it's just a precaution for now. Um, we've mentioned it that of of course we've got that we've got that feeling at the moment that. A similar feeling to when Ollie first come in, that uh, it is a bit of a you know the feelings that we had when he first took over as caretaker manager. And if we were to win on Sunday, then yeah, it we it, it we're almost getting towards that similar run that we went on when he first came in. Um, our former manager Jose Mourinho is now of course in charge at Spurs, and it seems to be unraveling a bit there at the moment, doesn't it? I mean. It's fair to say that they've got a bit of an injury crisis. Uh, I do sympathise with them a little bit with the injuries that they've had to Kane and Son, and I think any club at any manager would find it difficult without those without those players in their team. But what do you make of them at the moment? I mean, they're certainly a team that's fragile right now. And the results aren't going their way. I watched them on Saturday against Burnley. They were dreadful. They were very, very lucky to get a point defensively all over the place. I watched them again last night against Leipzig in the Champions League and they were very similar all over the place. Never looked like they were really going to score. Um, so this is certainly a game that, that we should be looking to win, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree uh, with everything you said, really. They uh, defensively just look all over the place. Um as you said there, when you when you lose players of the quality of Harry Kane and Son, uh, who were sort of two very key players into their Champions League running to the final last season. Um the different form that Delhi Alley has shown <clears throat> he had a minor resurgence of the in his first couple of games scored a brilliant goal against us, didn't he? Uh at old Trafford. But um yeah, uh, there's yeah, there's, like said, there's no better time to play them, but henceforth I don't want to get ahead of myself and get carried away here and um underestimate the central quality of Spurs. still have they're at home. They'll have the home crowd behind them in a in a stadium that we've never played in before. A stadium that we're not, we're not familiar with. So uh, we've got to be cautious of that aspect of it as well. But um, and it would be a bit of a sickener if Mourinho were to end this great run that we're on. Uh, but. Um, we need to try and utilise this whilst we can, whilst we're on a great run of form, whilst they're in contrast on a bit of a different form, whilst we've overtaken them now in the run for top four, whilst we're still in our competition for Europe, whilst we're still in the FA Cup, we could have faced it in the FA Cup because it is Norwich who, who dumped them out on penalties, uh, so uh, you know clearly our, the seasons have turned for both sides here, we, our season's now looking qu- quite positive, There's so is only going in one direction, but that could change on Sunday if they, they, they beat us and throw themselves right back into the mix of top four, and halt our uh, our great run so um whereas I'm looking forward to it and I'm fairly confident you still got to wear it on the side of caution as you do when you play any any uh, top 16
0: yeah um just another point on martial there apparently the injury was when he uh, slid into the post when he when he was chasing down Edison in, early on in the second half, you know, when he collided <laughs> with the post. Yeah, that makes injury. sense. Yeah. Says he's not ready for Sunday, but uh, hopefully he will be. So, yeah, definitely a, a precaution there. In terms of the system then, because we have seen Ollie change it about a bit, the three at the back, the five at the back, whatever you want to call it, the 4-2-3-1, the 4-3-3, three, three, the diamond we've seen at times as well against Everton. Um, we've seen the three-at-the-back system work in some of the so-called bigger games this season against the likes of Chelsea, City, Liverpool, etc. And you could say it has worked to great effect, especially against Chelsea and City. Do you see that system again on Sunday, Do you think, or do you think with Spurs' current fragile position, especially defensively, that Ollie could go with the 4-2-3-1 and really go for it? Or do you think that he will stick with the, the three-at-the-back system?
1: The three at the back is something that I prefer. There's no doubt, uh, and as you mentioned, there some of the, the some of the times that we've seen it, uh, particularly you know Chelsea, City, key fixtures that we've gone on a win. So uh, whereas it does have a more defensively astute approach, we also do benefit get, get the benefit from the counter attack as well by having sort of full-backs that are wide, having two players up front, uh, having a number ten to sort of be uh, or you know someone sort of in the centre of midfield to 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 be creative rather than having a bit of a clustered midfield as uh, sometimes a diamond formation can uh, potentially bring uh, I'm a fan of the diamond don't get me wrong and I think it's not been trialled enough um, but I think just because we got the draw against Everton I think it's been a case of let's just stick to tactics and formations that we know have words like the three struck five at the back 43-1 which is Ollie's preferred sort of formation which has has had some success and also uh, not worked at times. so um, uh, not too sure to be honest, but um, I think playing forty-three-one is not, rest- not, not essentially an indicator of let's go and have an attack at Spurs' fragile defence. I think playing 5-2-3-1 can still bring the same uh, attacking mentality. Uh, it'll just be sort of in a different format, you know. Instead of having a uh, three at the top behind a striker, where there you get uh, that's where you get your sort of creativity from the wide men. You've got um, five-three-five, you know, five at the back. I think brings out the best in Brendan Williams. That, that left back spot is perfect for him because. Fans may disagree with me. Defensively, he's not there yet. He's, he's still got a lot of work to work on his defensive game and his positioning. But going forward, he is a already a great modern day fullback in terms of someone who can get forward, uh, get creative. He's he's always you know in that final third. So um, there is still attacking uh, qualities that we can possess with three at the back. Uh, and as soon as i have before against some of the bigger sides, uh,
0: that would probably be my preference for 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 the approach on on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Um, OK, then, your line of prediction. I think I'm going to go with the three at the back. I agree. I, I really like the system. I've mentioned it many times before. Um, and I hope we stick with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Three at the back for me. Uh, bring back in. Uh, and, and also, Luke Shaw, whilst he's sort of playing well in that sort of uh, left-back of the three, I'd still keep him there, along with Maguire. Yeah. And uh, Binglin left-back. Um, Juan Bissaka right back with Brandon Williams in the left full back position. Um, Bruno Fernandez is the number ten with Martial back up front, uh, partnered by. I think I still keep Daniel James. I do prefer Mason Greenwood, but I think Daniel James just gives that sort of because he's a lot quicker. Uh, Mason Greenwood, as great as he is, he he'll want to score and he'll want to sort of get the ball in the box it's Daniel James. I think he looks to sort of peel off wide first and bring the play wide in the final third, which draws defenders to the which draws the defender to him and potentially leaves it a uh, potential uh, chance in the box. But uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, his decision making in the final third has got to be better. But I think uh, whilst the system's working with him playing up top with Martial, I'd, I'd probably continue with him up front with Martial. Bruno Fernandes the number ten, and. Um, Two midfielders would be uh, Matic uh, and Fred
0: McTominay and Fred. McTominay uh, and Fred. Yeah, well, difficult one,
1: definitely Fred. yeah. I mean, probably maybe if McTominay isn't 100% fit, and I want him to play against last to get the minutes out. still. Um, you know, in a in few games, the couple of games he's played since he's come back, he has scored, so uh, we can't sort of forget that anytime soon. But Matic has been very good since he returned back from that injury in sort of December, January. Um, I think, um Matic and Fred, with, I think Bruno would have to drop a little bit deeper then to try and sort of get the best out of it from a creative aspect, whereas McTominay is a little bit more box-to-box. Box. So, uh, um, yeah. Uh, but I think definitely, uh, regardless, definitely have the sort of 3-5 at the back approach yeah. for this one.
0: I think it'll either be the diamond or the three at the back. I'm not sure which one, but preferably I would go for the three at the back. So, my team would be De Gea, uh, Lindelof Maguire Shaw back three and Williams is the full backs I agree Matic or McTominay is a difficult one right now I'm a really big fan of McTominay but Matic has been tremendous I really do think he has been so not sure it depends who he picks on Thursday but I'm I'm, I'm happy with either McTominay or Matic at the moment to partner Fred Um. And then it would be Bruno Fernandes behind Martial. And I think it's going to be Greenwood or Agarlo. I honestly think if Agarlo gets a goal on Thursday night, he could play Aguilar, you know, especially with Spurs' defensive vulnerabilities at the moment and they're sort of getting thrown about a bit. I mean, I watched them against Burnley and Chris Wood, who's quite a physical striker, um bigger than a Garlo of course but he he looked a, a real threat so i wouldn't be surprised to see a feature featuring this one you know but um let's see but yeah i would i would really like to see him play to be honest okay lastly a prediction then
1: um 1-0 united uh, similar you know, similar scenarios to last season 1-0 marshall
0: Okay. Uh I think we're going to do them 3-1 United. Can't wait. Let's go. <laughs> okay, and um, that brings Hopefully. this week's Yeah, yeah, can't wait for it. Should be a great weekend. But um yes, that brings this week's podcast to a close. Um no Jordan this week. Hopefully we will have him back next week. But uh but another good podcast and another big week for United as we we really are now in the business end of the season. Mm-hmm. Top four race, Europa League, FA Cup. It's all heating up. Um, and United are at the centre of it at the moment. Uh, winner spurs. And you've got to be confident that we'll go on to finish in the top four this season. And hopefully a trophy to add to that as well. Uh, but we will be back next week to discuss the last game. Um, that result, and then of course we will look back on on the Spurs game as well. Uh, before we look ahead to the second leg against last next week, and then the FA Cup quarter final away at Norwich as well. Before we head into the final international break of the season, if that takes place. To be fair with with all the Corona stuff, but until next week, it's goodbye from us. Goodbye. <laughs>